0: On the situation report for May 24th, 2023. So, Lieutenant Colonel Maria, sorry about the absence, but I was in Hawaii for a week. I took some downtime uh, to step back and decompress, and it was actually an amazing week. I uh, spent, a, uh, spent a day on the USS Missouri and uh, on Fort Island, reminding myself uh, why I do this, for lack of a better word. And I didn't really pay attention to either Telegram or or True Social or Twitter or any of the other social media platforms. They, you know, the same three things are going on that have been going on. One was the Lake case, which I knew wasn't going to be a a, a good outcome. You know, the thing that to keep in mind is that. When the higher court sends sends a, a case back to the lower court and the same judge hears it, then chances are it's not going to be a favorable outcome. In this case, the judge literally went through all of the charges and stripped out everything that could have been could have been proven in the first case and essentially left them with signature verification. And then they appealed that and, and got it kicked down. And then the judge did the same thing. There was no, there, it was, it was so blatantly corrupt and biased that, you know, I, th- I think Seth, Seth Keschel has the best, he's got the best, um, Substack article about it because he followed the case along with, uh, Tracy, uh, Tracy Beans and the Washington pundit. They did a lot of good coverage about the case. But at the end of the day, this judge shows not only is this judge compromised, but this judge doesn't even care about the rule of law. That, th- that is the quintessential poison of the entire liberal party, liberal apparatus, and liberal mindset. The rules don't apply to them. They know best. But in this case, this judge was clearly bought off by the cartels. Clearly. Clearly. And I I had no illusions whatsoever that this was going to go the right way. That's why I didn't pay attention to it. And my phone blew up when the verdict came out. And I'm like, why are you surprised? Everybody gets their hopes up. It's like that Brunson case, right? The Brunson case made the circuit. Everybody was saying, yeah, it's going to go to the Supreme Court. They're going to hear the case. Okay, let's do some basic math. The Supreme Court. It compromised in how many different areas? You got Roberts that has been to Petto Island at least four times, been to the Dominican Republic with the Clintons. You don't need to go much farther than that. And you can see the Supreme Court's never going to hear that case. And what they do? So we're not going to hear the case. Same thing with the Texas case. They're not gonna, they're not gonna rule on anything that's gonna put the establishment or any of the establishment leaders in DC out of power. And then there's a question of even if they do, who's gonna force these people out? You're talking about an apparatus that's been in place for over a hundred years. They're not gonna go quietly into the night. So I don't know why people get all wrapped up around the axle about these cases cuz they're not going anywhere. And it's because the system is so compromised that there's no reforming it from the inside. That's why after November 8th of 2022 I said the second American revolution just started. And you probably hear Athena out there. She's um she's playing and she can't do anything quietly. Anyway, the dogs decide as soon as I get down to record that it's time to start playing as loud as they possibly can. So that's a typical, uh, typical Wednesday. The other thing that's going on is that yesterday a bunch of stories were floating around about this 60 tons or 30 tons of ammonia nitrate that went missing. I only saw that in one place. That was, that, that was, that only came out in one place. And then it was a different country. I think that's all smoke and mirrors, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me that they would conduct attacks in several city, big cities after doing all the aerial surveys, right? Monkey Works has been talking about these aerial surveys for months, and it's been sent to me several times. I finally watched one of the videos. They're obviously surveying all the major cities on the East Coast. What for? Who knows? But if you if you want to put things together. And say that all these military age males coming in are going to be the ones that are used in these attacks. You can make the leap. I, I my view is a little bit more high level. Like somebody published a vi- you know a video on I think it was on um, TikTok about they're watching these white buses go into this camp and then these they're they're being all these military age males are being shipped to all parts of the country well, we knew that. And it's a military base. I didn't see any military people in that video. It could have been DHS. It could have been a Border, border Patrol Collection Center. Who knows huh, what it is? There's so much conjecture out there, and people just want to run down the rabbit hole without doing any critical thinking. This is what I'll say about it. I'll say there's there's a high probability that some kind of a false flag is going to occur in the next two months. There's a high probability that there's special forces from other countries that have been imported in this country from Afghanistan and all parts around the world. There's a high probability that criminal elements have been brought into this country by the cartels to do specific things. When, how, what, doesn't matter. They're here. So the only thing you, you can do is work on your sphere of influence, work on your line of sight, and mount a defense. That's all you can do. You can't do anything else because what's going to play out is going to play out. But my phone blew up with all this ammonium nitrate stuff. And my first question was, has this been published anywhere else? And I get back, well, yeah, the mainstream media has pushed this out. Really? Where? Somebody send me a link for this. Crickets. And and maybe it's out there. Maybe maybe it's in multiple places. Maybe mainstream media is reporting on it. But that doesn't mean that it means something is going to be a conspiracy. Not everything's a conspiracy. Not all things are unexplainable. But everybody wants to run down the rabbit hole. But the reality is, what are you going to do about it anyway? It's like the whole nuke conversation. The only the only part of that conversation that matters is you're not going to know we're in a nuclear war until the bombs hit. So why worry about it? That's literally what this whole ammonium nitrate thing is. It's just a it's fear porn that's that gets people spun up. It's like today the conversation was around Ron DeSantis and his his Twitter interview. And you know, Posobiec was covering it on and off, on and off all day, he posted a bunch of stuff on Truth, a bunch of stuff on Telegram, some stuff on Twitter. Here's the bottom line with Ron DeSantis. No one likes him anymore. The the establishment has a real problem. That problem is They don't have any likable candidates that can beat Trump, not even DeSantis, because DeSantis has stepped on his dick more than a few times just in the last month. They can't put Pence up because everybody thinks Pence is a traitor. They can't put anybody else up because everybody else is either too old or too hated or too retarded to put in front of the American people. So DeSantis is being pushed by yet another oligarch that doesn't like Trump. And look, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and it's probably not popular, but I don't care. There's no road to victory. doesn't matter who they put up. There's no road to victory. If Kerry Lake's case tells you anything, it's that they are going to pick in every swing state who they want to pick and the dipshits that are in the legislature especially here in Arizona that allowed Karen fan to screw over the entire state and allow it to be turned blue so they could institutionalize cheating which is what they're doing right now institutionalizing cheating i don't know why anybody thinks 24 is going to be anything other than gunfire because there's no there is no point in the process now where your vote counts. That ended in 2020. And in 2021, when the legislator had had the ability to do something, what did they do? They sat on their hands and stepped on their dicks. And now, in 2022, they took the swing states. So now the left controls all the swing states. The Georgia legislature, completely incompetent, completely compromised. Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona—compromise. I don't know why the fuck this conversation continues, but it's a pointless conversation. The only reason Charlie Kirk and the rest of them are talking about it is they've built brands on covering this stuff. Just like the, it's like the polling. The polling's nonsense. The people that pay for the polls are the people that want it to come out favorably. And magically, it comes out favorably. There's, lot of, there's not a lot of math here. But yet, I routinely have conversations with people that want to tell me that 24, Trump's coming back. No, he's not. They're trying to take Trump off the ballot in blue states. And they're trying to legalize it. The, the first thing they do is they legalize criminal activity. And then they penalize anybody who calls it out, or they put you in jail. That's exactly what's going on right now. They're institutionalizing cheating. And they're going to make it so that nobody that they don't want ever wins. The interesting part of the conversation, though, is that over the last four days, I've seen more and more and more articles about Barack Obama being a traitor. And that's that's the only thing in the news cycle in the last week that was really interesting, other than Bakhmut uh, falling. Now, the way things work in D.C. is that they throw a sacrificial lamb in front of the cameras and say, this is the person responsible for everything. But yet, at the end of the day they want everybody to focus on that one person as the sole problem and we know that's not true we know there's an entire apparatus of people that are that are let's just say working together to subjugate the rest of the country and the rest of the planet obama is just a symptom of a bigger problem. I was, I was somebody, uh, Dave Crawford sent me this, uh, by the way, thanks Dave for the book. It's called pawns in the game. And I've been, uh, been listening to it on audible for the last week. It's like 13, 14 hours, but uh, it uh, it's about the Illuminati and how the Illuminati plays. And it's very interesting to listen to the, the, so this, According to the book, all this started in 1648. And the way they they work is they compromise somebody, they use them, and then they liquidate them. That's exactly what they're doing with Obama right now. They used him as a useful idiot, they they pressed him as a president, now they're gonna get rid of him. They're gonna throw him under the bus. That's at least that's how I see it. Um now is that you know, is that gonna be one of those conversations that's um Gonna end up in a public execution, I, I don't think so, but who knows? The rhetoric is is starting to build around Obama. And I it, to be honest with you, I I want to see that son of a bitch hang. He's a fucking traitor, but there's other people who have to hang with that son of a bitch. But what it's showing me is that they're desperate enough to throw him under the under the bus because they need to shift the public focus away from whatever else is in front of them. And evidently right now, there's a lot of things in front of them that scare them even more. I think one of those things is Ukraine. And Ukraine, the next moves are going to be very telling. If the Russians continue to move forward, there's not a lot to stop them between Bakhmut and Kiev. And the fact that Zelensky's not back in the country and not coming back to the country tells me they don't think they're going to hold it. And they know, or it tells me, the other thing it tells me is that Zelensky will be smoked as soon as he gets back into, into Ukraine, if he goes back. I, I've never thought he was there in the first place. I always thought he was in a soundstage in Florida. But, you know, you never know. The, the point is, is that a lot of things are collapsing around the elite all at one time. The other one that's that's collapsing in front of the the narrative, and I heard that they were going to use BLM this summer, which explains a lot of different movements related to Silicon Valley Bank and a lot of the crypto banks, and that is the financing for BLM has dried up, and they're actually starting to implode right now, which would make sense why they went after Silicon Valley Bank and they went after all the illicit money laundering was so they could shut the pipe down pipeline down on all these these people and take yet another player off the board. And that's effectively what's happened. They've taken BLM off the board and they've taken Antifa off the board. Remember, these are all funded. That The left funds all of their protesters. They fund all of their activists. The right doesn't do that. And these people were paid to blow up cities. They, they, were, they were funded to throw, throw bricks at buildings and burn things down to fit a narrative. When you don't have the the cash flow to do that, the narrative dries up. And there it is a problem. The funding's drying up, so so is the narrative. So that brings me to the next point about the false flags that I'm hearing about. Uh, I'm sure everybody's been hearing false flags imminent, false flags imminent. Okay, that's great. But if you've taken a player off the board and you've taken another team off the board, chances are it's not going to be the same one. And that's the bigger point I'm trying to make, that they're they're moving chess pieces around the board because everything they keep doing gets countered and or outed. And I think that's the more important thing. The disclosures around Bill Gates last week, the disclosures around Obama, those are tip of the iceberg. And I think there's more on the way. The interesting, uh, the other interesting thing is that um, you're seeing, you're seeing people jumping ship from the regime, almost on a daily basis now. And there, there's going to be a point where they can't obfuscate it anymore. And the other thing that's going on too, and I heard, I've heard this twice now. I actually heard it yesterday from from a friend of mine, but I heard it in passing a week before that and didn't pay attention to it. And that is there's a fight brewing in the in the g s space um, across all the government service workers. When Covid happened, all the GS employees went home and they worked from home. And they haven't been back. And if you know anything about how the federal government works and how the G S ranks work, you literally are paid location pay for certain locations because your base salary is, you know, usually less than what. Um, livable wages within those area codes so they they pay what's called uh, location pay and they they offer people incentives to stay and it brings them up to to par so they can do their job and then live in the area code especially in DC where it's very expensive some people have two and three hour commutes to get into the city and and get to the agencies and I'm not just talking about the intelligence agency I'm talking across the board all of the different um, agencies and all the different, Uh, institutions in DC are suffering from this. And that's people don't want to come back to the office and it's created a big, big issue. Same with the IRS say huge issue with the IRS and people are abandoning shit from the IRS because the, the the work environment has gotten so toxic that that in and of itself makes the SES less powerful. So senior executive service was created a long time ago But it was expanded under Obama and he put key people in all those positions. It's as an SES, you're you're equivalent to a general officer. And you have to have people around you to get things done. And if the worker bees are gone, e.g., the builders, guess what? Nothing's being built, nothing's being done. And that's the problem right now with all the federal agencies and institutions. Nobody wants to go back to the office and there's this huge fight brewing. Remember when I said, Their arrogance will be their undoing. Their arrogance was that people were going to burn the bridge they were standing on, and they were going to go along with this plan all the way to the end. And people are starting to wake up to it in droves, and they're starting to push back in every way that they can push back. We're just seeing the tip of the iceberg in the litigation against the military. We're just seeing the the tip of the iceberg in the litigation against pharmaceuticals, and it will be hospitals next, and as it should be. All the doctors, all the hospitals, all the hospital administrators were all paid huge incentives to push the vaccines. And, you know, a lot of them got the shot and a lot of them have died. The other ones are waking up, starting to say, wait a minute, this money wasn't worth it because now I have a shot that's going to kill me. So you're starting to see all of that fall apart. And these people are arrogant enough to think that, that literally people are just going to go along with this until they die. That's how arrogant these people are. The other interesting um, disclosures over the last couple of weeks, and these ones I think are way more impactful, are the disclosures around the incentives that were paid to not only government, but to insurance companies to push the vaccines by pharmaceuticals, as well as the incentives that were paid to news companies to obfuscate and not disclose the truth about the vaccines. All that's coming out. And there was a couple of court cases that have been won in the last week, and I off the top of my head, I can't remember which one they are, that they're basically precedent now for every other court case. So you're gonna see this explode. They need something to divert attention away from all of that. Don't be surprised. And really the question that, that I'm circling around right now, and the in the diversion I'm circling around is is the US going to go head-to-head kinetic with the Russians? and backstop the Ukrainian army. That's really the question that everyone is asking right now. They're not asking about what the Ukrainians are going to do because they know the Ukrainians are done. Like, uh, McGregor said it week two, this war's over. And I, and I agree with it. This was this just a matter of time before they run out of ammo. And the fact that the Russians went after ammo dumps in total before Baklut fell, and they couldn't mount the spring offensive counteroffensive they've been talking about for months tells me guess what they're out of ammo and that's only going to be exacerbated now and this whole conversation around f16s is a waste of time you have to train you have to do so it takes us 52 weeks to train a pilot in the air force that's just to train them to fly then they go to whatever airframe that they're going to fly and they go to to lead in training for that airframe and that could be anywhere between, you know, a month or six weeks, depending on the complexity of the airframe. Then they go to their squadron and they start flying with their squadron and they they do flying squadron-specific, mission-specific, and that takes several months. You're, you're almost at two years by the time a pilot is competent enough to be able to function properly in that airframe. And the F-16 is no different. It's It's a it's what's called an unstable airplane. So you can put it in an unstable attitude and the airplane will fly that way until it runs out of gas or runs into an uh, into a hard object. And that's significant because most of the modern fourth and fifth gen fighters are unstable designs. They're not going to come back straight and level like a Cessna will when you lose control. And you don't just throw people in the cockpit of those because they run into shit when they pull too many Gs. And the F-16 can outfly the pilot you can pull almost 10 or 11 G's in an airplane without, without hurting the airframe. It's a very agile aircraft and it's, it's highly effective as a dogfighter. And it's got a small enough footprint to where it's an, it's the perfect dogfighter for this kind of an environment, but you just can't throw a pilot in there. Even if it's a MiG 29 pilot with years of experience and lots of flight time, it's a completely different flight envelope. And Airframe specific training is really important in the F 16 because all the control surfaces are way different. It's fly by wire. And more importantly, you, you can overstress yourself without even realizing. So, training is really important. So, it doesn't matter if they give you know, they they transfer 100 F 16s over there. If the pilots aren't ready to fly, it doesn't matter. And then there's the problem if there's no place to land because the enemies overrun your base. Guess what? War's over. And that's where we are. The Russians are showing an incredible amount of restraint right now, which is what I, it perplexes me. They could have kept going and kept pushing the Ukrainians back and kept kept pushing across the countryside and kept them off balance. Instead, they took back when they stopped. And there's, there's lots of conjecture why, but I, I'll just put it this way. The next moves are going to be very telling to how the situation is going to develop. Who moves first and what they do. And that's what every that's what the world's waiting for. I think the world's also waiting to find out if this peace conference is actually going to happen and Zelensky's actually going to show up to it, et cetera, et cetera. Then the other conversation is that the Minister of Defense for um Ukraine was injured a month ago in a in a rocket or an artillery attack and has a has a brain injury. Hasn't been seen for months. That's significant too because it shows that just the the you know the disorganization as well as the um disorganization on the battlefield and the disjointed moves across the board. That's not that's not insignificant. And that could be the reason why the defense of Bakhmut was let's just say dogged but inconsistent yet nobody's ever going to say that the ukrainians weren't brave they are not going to say that in fact some of the some of the fighting and the and the brutality in this in this conflict is is beyond imaginable and it had we haven't seen this level of brutality since world war ii in the eastern front nobody's going to accuse the uh the ukrainian military of being being uh, cowards—that's just never going to happen. They fought; they have fought doggedly to hold the, the the hold the land they have. the The part that gets under my skin is that this is a massive waste of life. Seventy thousand troops thrown at Bakhmut, and the, literally hundreds of thousands of casualties. This this has to end with peace talks. This has to be a compromise. But the, the the bottom line is the elite that are in Europe, the elite that are here, this is covering all of their illicit their illicit operations for the last 20 years. They're not going to let this go without a fight. And they'll fight to the last Ukraine if they have to. That's how this is going to develop. But the next moves are the most important. Now, the last thing I want to talk through, because I, I got this today too, is a lot of people were asking me about false flags over Memorial Day weekend. It's, it is, it uh, is you know, it's possible. Is it plausible? Yeah, it's plausible. But the point is, why worry about it? What are you going to do about it? You know, if you're on the ground for it, just... You know, the the best thing you can do for yourselves right now is be working with people that you know and trust and and just get ready for whatever comes. Stop trying to war game every scenario because you can't. And you can't war game every, you know, every response or action by whoever's conducting this. All you can do is respond. And it's hard enough to get people to just communicate it's even harder to get people to cooperate and there's no unity across any of these any of these truth movements not in Flynn's movement not in Clay Clark's movement it's a very small subset of the population so don't get wrapped around the axle with that get wrapped around the axle and focus on the things that you have control over Focus on the things that are in your sphere of influence because that's all you have control over. Stop wasting time on the other stuff because it's just noise. It's not, it's really, it's really not going to change anything. You can't change it. All you can do is react to it. So be ready to react to it. That's the best thing that we can be doing right now then the other thing i want to talk through actually the the very last thing i want to talk through is communication and coordination i i'm routinely asked how do we communicate if the internet goes down and what i'm specifically referencing is the this this article that came out in gateway pundit that was sent to me by no less than 50 people about um senators getting cell phones in case of a, some kind of a massive disruption. The point is this, whether or not that's that's factual doesn't matter. The, the food for thought here is how are you going to communicate locally? Because long-haul communications, if they take that down, you know, okay, they take that down. If they take down the internet, and they take down all the social media platforms, great. Because it'll do three things all at once. One, it will take the voice away from all of these these moronic, entitled, and emboldened liberals that are posting all these stupid videos on social media. It will take away the ability for people to groupthink, and it'll take away the ability for people to... Activate other people through fifteen or 20 second sound bites. It won't play out the way the elite think it will. If there's one thing that is that is very apparent by a lot of the social media platforms right now, if you watch the videos, if you watch some of the memes, if you're watching some of the conversations, it shows you very graphically that the the elite clearly do not understand the culture they're trying to influence because a lot of the themes and messages that they're pushing out right now are just turning people in the other direction and creating insurgents. It's not having the desired effect that it had a year ago. The orange man narrative was so effective because Trump stepped on his dick all the time. He said things in public. He said things in private. He said things to, you know, one-on-one to people. He posted tweets and they had a they had a smorgasbord of things to use against him to convert an entire population. At the same time they were doing that, they were building this apparatus for control and for monitoring. And people have already figured out because of the last two years that they don't want any part of that system. They don't want any part of the communication. So the current level of bullshit that they're pushing on people isn't landing the way they want which is why they want a bigger and bigger distraction. Because everything they've done to destroy the country is right in people's faces. And you can't lie your way out of that. No matter what they do, no matter how much bullshit they try and use, you can't lie your way out of a situation. And all you have to do is go into any of the liberal cities and see the homeless problem. There were so many people living in their cars in Hawaii. I was shocked at how many people were living in their car that you maybe used to see one or two vans on the side of the road with a tent next to it. Now it's everywhere. And that's a massive problem because it be it says, it shows you how bad the inflation is that people can't afford to stay where they're at. And let me tell you, the cost of food has tripled in the last year. All the inflation numbers they, they throw out, everybody knows they're BS. Because you can see right through that from the very simple fact that – the reality in front of you when you go to a restaurant or go to a store is way different than what they're trying to say. And if you can't afford to feed your kids, you're going to stop listening to that. So let them take the internet down. It'll be a week of peace and quiet with no stupidity added to it. The only thing that social media has to offer is conflict, conflict creation, conflict aggregation. That's all it does. And It would be great for younger generations to not have the ability to access cell phones and on-demand anything for a couple of weeks. It would be great for them. Watch what happens to the population when you turn all that shit off. You're going to see a pleasant change. The first four days will be a madhouse because everybody will be in withdrawals. And then they'll get used to it, accept it. So let them bring it, fucking bring it on, full send. Take all the shit offline for a week. If you can't talk via your cell phone, you use radios. If you can't use radios, you're going to drive to somebody's house and make a human connection. Imagine that, a human connection. I don't see a downside to it. And nobody trusts the mainstream media, so whatever they say is everybody's going to be like, yeah, you're full of shit. 70% of the population thinks the mainstream media is full of shit. That's everything you need to know right there. So stop worrying about it. And stop being scared. People are so fucking scared. What are you scared of? They can't arrest everybody. They can't roll everybody up. As soon as they start the camps, the word of that gets out. Uh, trust me, gunfire, civil war. Every option they have is going to be countered by the people like you and I that have had enough. So stop being scared. Nothing to be scared of. And, you know, at the end of the day, would you rather die trying to defend your way of life or just walk into a gas chamber and let them fucking gas you. I don't know about you. I'm going to die on my feet. I'm not going to die on my knees to a prick like George Soros or Klaus Schwab. I'm going to take the fight to them. And that's how it has to be. So you can sit at home and shit your pants and throw butane in your hair and light your hair on fire and run around saying the sky is falling. Or you can just continue to prep Replace the supplies you've used over the last several months and continue to increase your sphere of influence and in line of sight. And make human connections. It's good for the soul. And in fact, on that line, I'm going to go depart a little bit different tonight and do I'm going to go down the Bob Marley route and do some Bob Marley tonight because I think that's appropriate. Three Little Birds is one of his iconic, uh, iconic favorites. And I think it's appropriate. Especially given the fact that, you know, there's so many different narratives out there now, doom and gloom, that, eh, I think a little Bob Marley is appropriate. So here's Bob Marley, three little birds. God bless. One team, one fight.